It's time for Honest Reflection in Youth Ministry. The present culture is more established than ever, yet so crushing for many a youth pastor. There's a lot to be learned about youth ministry and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps, whether you are 19 and have just started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years. We hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor will help to heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After Nine, the most honest hour in youth ministry. Hello and welcome to After Nine. My name is Chad Higgins. And I'm Zach Working. Zach, how in the world are you? Okay, so I've been on break. I took a few days off after camp, feeling a little... Well, you went to the lake, less. right? Went to the lake, man. Went to the lake. Uh, but coming back from the lake, Karen and I went and got some ice cream here in Tulsa. Yeah. Uh, Chad, so I went to this like shopping center where they have like ice cream and a bunch of stores that are all kind of like questionably in existence like they're all like teetering on the edge of like listen dude you, know, you don't have to explain to me why there's an ice cream shop <laughs> i just okay, so, stepped it so i was getting ice cream and it's a place that has it has a lot of other businesses around it but it's not really a booming area it's okay. like it's like it's almost like kind of the relic of a former glory kind of thing but there was like 40 people out like milling around this area oh. but they weren't going in the shops and i was like what is happening? And Karen was like, they're playing Pokemon. And I was like, no, they're not. Because they're, okay, so there was a diversity of people, right? Like, it wasn't just, like, a bunch of, like, 22-year-old dudes that were, like, a little husky and maybe, like, <laughs> were, like, like, like had just put on tennis shoes instead of flip-flops kind of thing. See, there I was feel like, like go, go ahead. I was just saying, there was young families. There was like moms and dads with strollers, and like even some of the like toddlers in the strollers had iPads out and were like doing the gestures. And I was like, "What is happening?" And so we sat down at the ice cream place, and everybody around us is like phones up and like thumbing through stuff or whatever. And so being like kind of in the know, but also totally aloof to things, I leaned over and I was like, "So is this like?" A special spot for Pokemon. So, <laughs> and the girl looks up without blinking. She's like, there are numerous Pokestops here. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Pokemon Go, uh, for the like, original demographic, right, of people that are Pokemon, older. Yeah, okay. like, po- Pokemon like, fanatics, I feel like Pokemon Go has put them in this like weird existential crisis because yeah. it's like I like Pokemon, I don't like exercise, but I got to now do both of these things. Okay, right? so so remedy remedy it with this. So only after this new insight that I had gained of all the people milling around like zombies, these Poke zombies, right? Karen and I almost got like smashed by the car in front of us because I guess people are playing while driving and they were circling the parking lot. Stop, go, stop, go, stop, go. Just trying so, to get that jiggly poof. Trying to get that jiggly poof or that Pikachu. chew. And so I came up with the business idea for us, Chad. We need to develop Uber for Pokemon trainers. Where we're just like, listen, we know you don't want to go anywhere. We just want to drive laps around the shopping centers <laughs> at a real slow rate and hand out water bottles in the back. Yeah, I feel yeah, like well, a guy with one of those... <clears throat> 
one of those carts with a bicycle could just make a killing, right? <laughs> Dude, Uber, Uber, Uberman, Uberman, which sounds like a Pokemon. That's great. He's a number 151, and his abilities are to drive real slow. <laughs> So one of my one of my like very best friends is a professor at OU. I was hoping you were going to say he was Professor Oak. <laughs> so he I have no reference of what you just said, so I don't know. What there was mean. one fan, there was one fan that thought okay. that was genius. So your friend who's a professor <laughs> at Viridian City. So so my professor he said he uh, has numerous students playing this. Yes. And he said that he has started um, referring to it as uh, Pokemon, Pokemon. That's great. because he realizes, like, he goes, it, "It's that time, like, when you pronounce something incorrectly as an older man, and it just infuriates the younger generation." Right? Gets their dander up. <laughs> right when when you you know, like when you, I, I can remember being younger and like somebody older would call it like a a CD cassette or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And you're like, what, what, you know what I mean? And you just like, <laughs> it infuriates you. He says he just mispronounces all of it knowingly oh, and just oh, watches great. his students heads explode. Infuriated. Well, it's okay. So I, I think, I think it's obviously a topic of conversation and like, if you are just now jumping in on this, like, please don't worry, youth minister friend, like, this too shall pass. But I think for a hot minute, there was a real conversation to be had about the intersection between, like, a technology that was so universally pervasive, right? Like, sure. this is a thing that, like, pe- people have written about and have spilled ink over, like, you know, if someone's head is down and they're mobile, you assume that they're no longer texting or you know, twittering right. or whatever, they're Pokemon going. Like if you see some if you see a pedestrian with their phone out and they're like gesturing up and down at all, you just assume they're trying to catch a Pokemon. And so I think Yeah, and, and everyone in the like church world on Twitter and Facebook were all talking because many of these Pokemon stops um were in church parking lots, right? That's right church that's buildings. Right. Because they layered, they layered it over the company, layered it over the Google Maps framework they had. So, like all of these different like nonprofits and churches and community centers become, you know, these kind of digital pokey centers, which is a really fascinating thing. And also, I guess some churches were like, "Get us off the list." Or whatever, which is an interesting response of like, we don't want these. Ki- it's like it's like the it's like skateboarders in 2016. It's like get these get these kids off our parking lot. We're gonna put up signs like no pokey stop here. Uh, but because it, it is one of those engagements where it's like it's happening and you can't stop it from happening, right? Like there's sure. no amount of like 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 lecturing or preaching or pastoring that's gonna be like let's shut the Pokemon thing down. Right. But there is like how do we react and respond? to something that's like so culturally pervasive right well very good so <laughs> that's oh. that's a great way to introduce something that we're not going to talk about today but i hope that you are talking about it with somebody because you and your ministry philosophy should have had like some buzzer or light or gear engage when when the pokemon thing happened and however you want to respond to it i think is probably fair whether you were like fully embrace fully reject but something should have like stirred in your youth ministry like 
like philosophy brain of like what do we do right. when kids are really really into one thing universally and so yeah. what, whatever the answer is i don't know but it, hopefully there was at least discussed or responded to or discerned and it's a it was a great moment in the pastoral zeitgeist if you didn't make that moment so dude anyway. i played i played some pokemon with some of your students at camp did they were all about it man they were like hovering walking doing and so people were getting banned from the water tower <laughs> I think I got a few of them in trouble for having their cell phones out, but it's cool. Yeah, Team Mystic. <laughs> Team Mystic for life! Well, if you've just jumped in, we've wasted our first seven minutes. We wanted to share with you, this is After Nine, the podcast for youth ministry. This is the most honest podcast in all of youth ministry, and we hope that we are asking the kinds of questions that you're asking Every week, whether that's the Sunday morning, Sunday evening, or after your midweek service, we derive our name after nine from that walk across the parking lot when you're asking yourself as the youth leader, youth minister, youth pastor, the most existential questions. Did I make a difference tonight? Does my call matter? Were the kids listening? Were there hearts that were turned toward Jesus tonight? Um, the answer is probably more yeses than noes, friend. And we're here to encourage you, affirm you, and probe some of these big questions in ministry that we are all asking. We may not say it out loud, but we are definitely all asking these questions, which is why I think today's question, Chad, that you brought for us is so important because this is the one that is the admittance <laughs> that there is a problem. Like this is, sure. this is the like relational weight loss question of like, hey, man. I don't know if the pants fit like you thought they did, right? <laughs> and this is the question of finding balance in the way in which you minister to students and the way in which you care for your own home. And so maybe say more a little bit, chat about kind of our question today. Yeah, so I, I think that this is a question that um, many of us are asking. And I, I know a few weeks ago we posted um, something on Facebook and we were asking our listeners for, hey, what are what are some topics that you'd love for us to cover and, and hit on and um, one of the ones that continued to come up, um, not only just openly on Facebook, but kind of through some messages and texts and things like that was, hey, we want to hear about um, just balance, finding balance in student ministry and just ministry in general and home life. And, and I know that um, some people want to hear from, you know, our families, and I know that that'll be coming up soon. And um, and so that will be exciting. But um, what does that look like for us? How do we balance between having effective ministries and, and ministering to students, which is, um, we all know, not a normal nine-to-five type job? Um, right. And then how do we keep our own sanity to whether we, whether we have children or, or spouses or just our, our own life? Yeah. Um, what does that look like? And so you, you 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 hopefully have relationships outside of the relationships of church as student ministry and youth ministry or whatever you're calling it. Like if your whole life is only relating to the people that volunteer in your ministry and your students, then let's go ahead and help you name there's a problem. <laughs> like there's got to be other folks in your life, like friends, peers, colleague, family uh, that you're engaging with that help you pull back from seeing that even though you are called to this thing, um, it is not the fullness of who you are. And I think I think that's kind of the first point, Chad, is that we've got a name that there can be imbalances on both sides. And so I think the easy one to pick on is you're working too hard, you're doing too much, and you, you really haven't carved out the right amount of time for your family at home. I know this is something that we've talked about before on on kind of just in the beginning of this podcast, like 
part of the creation of it for us is that we were having these conversations. And one of the ones we kept coming back to is, are we still caring for for our wives and our households and on our other relationships right. in the midst of trying to do ministry? And so I think I think that's a place to start is, what is that imbalance of more work, less family look like? And what are some of the parameters for you on that? Sure. So, so what does it look like? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. Like, what is the imbalance of too much work and not enough family look like? How, what are some of the signs and symptoms of, of it kind of tipping that way? Um, well, I, I think that probably all of us are, are feeling it. Um, every youth minister that I talk to at the end of the summertime, right, it's kind of this, like, tongue-in-cheek joke. It's like, I'm really excited to see what my wife looks like. You know what I right, mean? Right. It's like, um, I'm pretty sure I still remember where I live at the end of the summer and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Did somebody take me home? <laughs> you you remember? Was it a left here or a right? Right, um, right. And, you know, and you're trying to, like, find your way to your house. Um, or the only time you see your house is, like, immediately to your bed, right? And you right. walk by your child, and you're like, is that mine? Is that what that I, one's mine? I, right? I haven't no. mowed in the daylight in a month. <laughs> If you're mowing at night, if you're mowing at night, that's a sign. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to Lowe's and you're looking for a new lawnmower and your selling point is it has lights on it. Yeah, yeah, like, you, right. <laughs> it's a check. That's, that's, a check. That's, that's, a, that's a balance and a check, friend. <laughs> sure. Um, and so I think I think we, we get to those kind of places. And I think the big question is, um, is, is that correct, right? Yeah. Um, because I, I think that it's really easy for us to go – that's just the way this thing is, yeah. right? This is the way that it's supposed to be. Um, and, and I think that that's probably different for everyone. And so I think for us to get on here and say, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like and this is yeah. what it has to look like um, is probably a little premature on our part because I think what um, what this balance looks like in my life is probably different than your life and probably much different than each of our listeners. And I think a lot of that has to do with your relationship, specifically with your spouse, but the age of your children, if you have children, but even if you, if you're a single man, right. Or a single woman, um, there, there is a balance that we all play from just our normal life and, and being able to say enough is enough, right. That people don't have constant access to us because one of the things that I found that even if my phone doesn't ring, right? In a period of time, but I know that I'm necessarily not off the call. Yeah. Sometimes that can be just as like stressful, right? Like, man, I've met people that like, it's a hard thing for them to even go on vacation because they feel like it's more work to prepare for vacation or I'm going to be more stressed out. Every, every, every day I, every day I have for vacation just means one day I have to work twice as long in the office or whatever. No. And I think, I think that is, um, I mean, again, I think people in their sarcasm often reveal what their true heart is feeling. And as much as we like love to make the joke, because that be kind of becomes the joke. I think it's also like a, a telltale sign that there's some unhealth going on. Right. Like if like, if the cynicism and sarcasm is leaking out and what we deem as humor, uh, it may actually be a little more corrosive than that. And what sure. we've lost is sight of the balance, right? Like if we're if we're fully tipped one way and we're just, you know, firing pot shots and jokes and being, you know, really cynical about something, we might have missed uh, the enduring tension of, of what it is. And you said it right. Like it's different for all of us, but I think all of us can feel or hopefully train ourselves to feel when something is in or out of, of balance. balance. Sure. 
the um you know the 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 word that we continue to throw around is um balance and and even though we've been using that word i think we all know um what that means in our life and i th- and i believe that that's true um i i would go to say that i think the first way that we begin to fix this problem in our life um is to maybe remove that word in some ways um because i i think we can we can talk about balance and we can use it and i don't want to get into semantics but really more the thought behind this is we have to understand the priorities in our life and when we understand the priorities correctly in our life um then i think we can get to a place that we're working correctly because until yeah. then if we're if we have our family and our ministry on the exact same playing field all the time yeah. and then we're just trying to balance those one yeah. i i believe that that's incorrect and i think that yeah. we're going to get into this place where we're looking at our wife and we're constantly just going i'm going to do this and then we're just waiting to see whether or not we get in trouble and yeah. and i think that that's this really weird way to live <laughs> That's that's a real bad model for health, right? Like I'm gonna keep doing something until something bad happens to me, right? That's like I'm gonna keep eating a lot of food until I get sick, right. <laughs> or like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna not drink water until I pass out. Like that's that that's not a healthy uh, like structure for the way in which we're trying to pursue health. And I think you're saying it right in that the balance is almost like we're we're, we're working towards the wrong image, right? We're trying to hit this like rolling bullseye sure. of like you know like wave it back and forth, wave it back and forth, when actually what we need is to begin to order things. And then so the word I would want to substitute is instead of balance is we need to set up boundaries. And I think boundaries are the things that whether you want to call them training wheels for your balance or if you want to call them setting the right priorities or bracketing the right kind of information, it is so important for us to begin to schedule the right kind of structure in our life um, because the job isn't going to give it to us, right? right? Like this is the thing that we bring – to the call as we bring structure and a sense of a vision and purpose to the call. And that helps to set and structure the way in which we're going to fulfill or be about the work. And so uh, real quick on the other hand, I think this is worth mentioning is that there is also an imbalance of too much home time and not enough work time, but I think it's remedied by the same thing. And instead of, you know, procrastinating or putting things off and working really hard, you know, two days a week, or one day a week, or whatever your time is set up to be, is that we need to have the right kind of structure and boundaries to know when we're about the thing and when we're able to be un-about the thing. And that's and that's hard because, again, the call dictates that we feel like we should always be about the work, but the work is not the call. Setting up the right boundaries is really important. So um, let's pause there, take it to the break, and when we come back, Chad is going to give us some steps some priorities and some boundaries that we can find that ever, ever looming word balance. Calling all After Nine listeners. Zach and Chad are incredibly thankful for your patronage and encouragement. As we move into the next chapter of After Nine, we want to ask for your support. You can help make After Nine even better. Please consider contributing monthly to growing After Nine's reach and resources by visiting our Patreon page. Go to www.patreon.com slash After Nine to become a supporter. 
You can also visit www.afternineministry.com support to learn more. We appreciate your ongoing encouragement, prayers, and support. Hello, welcome back to After Nine. My name is Chad Higgins. Uh, Awesome. Hey, welcome back. We want to tell you uh, really quick about Youth Ministry Booster. If you haven't um, gone over to youthministrybooster.com, please go ahead and do that. Um, um, Youth Ministry Booster will be launching October the 10th. It is Youth Ministry Resources provided by myself and Zach Workin. Um, We are going to be bringing you some of the, what we believe, some of the best student ministry resources out there. And so... We're excited. We'll, we'll, we'll have a whole episode here in a few weeks to kind of lay out some of the uh, the secret sauce we've been working on in the laboratory. But it's we are going to try to sauce re- is what it is. <laughs> it's, it is just going to boost your youth ministry barbecue night. So you're welcome for all your youth ministry. What if that's what it was? What if like we- I still I've, I've been saying for a whole year now we need to have a nine steak sauce for after nine. Man, I just you know a nine a nine beard oil a nine steak sauce. No, we're Chad and I are really excited. So youth ministry booster is going to be the the actual content that we're creating. Hold on, we're gonna pause for a laugh break. All right, and we're back from our laugh break. Chad Higgins is lost. He can't do it. We're done. Okay. We're done. Sorry. I'm adding. I'm adding all this at the end of the episode. All of this is going to the end of the episode. Okay. This is the uncut. Uh, anyway, back from the laugh break, uh, Chad Higgins uh, had, had to take a moment there. It was We're recording into the wee hours of the night, and Chad just got tickled. And sometimes when Chad gets tickled, it's great. <laughs> so stick around for the end of the episode. You can hear the whole two minutes of Chad just laughing about the idea of us creating barbecue sauces, which we'll send you a link in the show notes. You can tell Chad if you really do want some A9 barbecue no. sauce. Uh, I, I'm a grill master, man. I'll give you some barbecue sauce. Uh, but Youth Ministry oh. Booster, it's creative resources for your ministry because we know that you still want to teach your students. And so we'll give that to you later in this October. It'll be really great. Um, But Chad, today we're talking about what it means to uh, restore balance, find balance, or better set priorities and boundaries so that we can do ministry healthily. So help us out a little bit. Line those things up. Give us suggestions. I think a lot of our friends are searching, searching for um, not meaningful work, (laughs) but for meaningful brackets in which they can do the work and then also rest from the work. So help us find the balance between home and work. So, well, the the first place that we're going to start is the place that you would start when you were talking to your own students about balance and priority of of their life. Um, and I think. Wait, are you about to give us the "Don't play any more sports than you can" talk? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to choose whether or not you're going to play tournament league or be at church on Sunday morning. It's either club ball or church, Missy. <laughs> no, where I'll start is this, in, and I don't think that we can take this for granted. Being just ministers, is your priority with the Lord is um, essential in this. Um, I, I've met far too many uh, men and women who have substitu- substituted their time of sermon prep with their time with the Lord. And we've said it on this show once, and we'll say it many times again. Um, hopefully the Lord has more to say to you than he has to say to your 14-year-old kids. Yeah. And so um, we, we have to spend adequate time um, in in the Word and with the Lord of of pausing and being with him and finding um, first and foremost, him as our ultimate priority, because that was one of the things that um, I learned very quickly as a young minister um, that 
I was pouring out and I wasn't pouring in enough, right? And that yeah. cup runs empty very, very quickly. And so yeah. we've got to we've got to take time for that. It needs to be scheduled in. Um, and and man, don't be afraid to use some of your time in the office to be with the Lord, right? Like yeah. you preparing and you um, growing in your ministry is the healthiest thing and most productive thing for your ministry. Your your kids will not be mad about having a more mature minister, right? right? Like like your heart needs to be full and be right and grow, and you seeking after the very things you'd want your students to seek after will flow out into the best talk that you could give, right? Like this right. is the life well lived that shows up in every talk that you give because it will just flow out of you, like the purpose, the meaningfulness. <laughs> the the balance all comes out of the authenticity of who you are. Right. the The second thing that that I would encourage you on is, um, is your if you're married, your relationship with your spouse and your family. Um, that is um, a priority of your life, um, and so we have to understand that that takes precedence over the work. Um, and and so as you begin to. Um, see what this looks like. There needs to be conversations, open and on- honest conversations with your spouse. Um, one of the things that I, I see and I hear ministers do far too often is I believe that they volunteer their spouse for things that their spouse is not really interested in. And because sometimes I think churches put these expectations on our spouse, yeah. and I think that we fill them. And I think it's it's our responsibility to set those boundaries for our families, because if we don't set those boundaries, other people will. And yeah. it may not be something that you or your spouse um, is necessarily um, up for. You know, I, my wife... Um, my wife is very type A personality driven. She is um, an executive and very f- fast moving. And so she has a um, an unbelievably stressful and fast paced job. Um, and, and so um, her role for many years um, looked very different, right? Than I think your normal like youth ministry wife looks because her life looked different. But can I tell you the the places where she realized, okay, this is what God's called me to, man, she lives into that and she knocks it out of the park. And so I think that we have to understand, okay, this is the way that God's made my spouse. This is where he's called them to. And because in the same way that we want to be called um, to an area to minister in and to live into that calling, our, our spouse is the same way. And they're not just tag-alongs. Well, and, and know that you asking for their support doesn't mean you should ask them to show up to every event you plan, right? Yeah. Like there are ways for them unless to Unless that's what you, they want. Unless that's what they want, but you have to give them that option, right? Sure. And, and and that may shift over time too. We talked about it a few weeks ago in our kind of recruiting volunteers phase. Give them seasons of opportunity to opt in and opt out of stuff because they may see like, hey, I, I know you've been talking about how you need this extra leader in this extra way. 
I, I can help for a few months. You know, work work yeah. is a little bit on a plateau. I can help for a few months. But give them the same benefit that you'd give your other volunteers of having some off-season as well as on-season. And, and the way they may show up and help for you may be in a way that wasn't even directly involved. Like, I think about the ways in which um, there have been spouses involved in ministry that were, like, really engaged in an adult, like, life group or small group as an advocate for the youth ministry, right? Like, right. if your spouse is heavily involved in, like, like one of the adult groups, then you have a champion that's being at places that you are not saying they're doing great stuff down there. I don't care what you heard. I can tell you right now that I've heard this and that. Right. And that's not a thing that you're asking them to do. That's, that's an overflow of how much they care deeply sure. about watching you do the thing you were called to do. And so again, don't box them in and think, Hey, this person, uh, my wife, my husband, is going to be the best small group leader for our middle school students. <laughs> that is that is not on you to throw on them unless they readily accept it. And again, even if they readily accept it, give them the chance to say, maybe not again next year. <laughs> and and nurture and nurtured conversation um, with them about other things than work, especially when you're at home. Yeah. Uh, I think I think this is the thing. So the balance of the ask, but also what you're nurturing in your relationship at home. Like you should be having wonderful, engaging, life-enriching conversations about things that are totally unrelated to yes. what's happening in the youth ministry. Because in all honesty, the drama and the relationship and the highs and lows of 14 to 17-year-olds Man, like that cannot be a healthy diet to to nurture your adult relationships, right? Because like again, we want to model the maturity for those that are seeking maturity and not always, you know, modeling our reaction to those that are immature. Right. And that's it's a it's a flow problem. And so again, I think it's really important for us to think about how much we're involving so that we can also have enough disconnect to nurture other areas as well. Sure. And I think in building those boundaries, we have to we have to make sure that Home time is home time, right? Um, now, obviously, right? We we understand that um, our jobs often call into the evenings and into the nights sometimes, but there needs to be that understanding. I think with your students that um, hey, right now is not a time for our door is open. Right now is not a time to call and all those kind of things. That we set up those boundaries with our students, and they hear that, and those are clear. And those aren't the, these like, hey, I don't want to have anything to do with you on Tuesday night. But we're modeling to them what it means to make their spouse and their family a priority in their life. Because here's the deal. Whether these students are going to be in ministry one day or going to work in a bank or a doctor or whatever, they're going to have to make the same choices in their life with their family um, and you as a spiritual influence in their life can either model it in a healthy way or you can live into this American culture that being busy is just the correct response when somebody asks you how you're doing. And so um, we've got to model what it looks like um, that that family is a priority in our life. And so um, we we model that not only by the things that we preach on, but the way that we live. And so we've, we've got to make that an absolute priority in our life. Date your wife. That would be a, a big advice that I give to any minister and any new couple is date your wife constantly and, and, and ongoing. Um, I think it, it has to be planned. It has to be scheduled. Um, and it needs to be special, uh, right? Well, yeah. 
so so area number one, your own your own caretaking, your own self care has got to be important spiritually, emotionally, physically. Area number two, boundary number two, priority number two has got to be um, those major relationships, spouse, significant other, immediate family, friend circle. But I think area number three, and this is the one that can creep up on us in any other way, um, is is the ways in which you engage with your students outside of the ministry. Like I, I think it is connected to the other two, but it's worth mentioning in its own way. Uh, Chad, you named it, and I think maybe even to give it some some more kind of numerical value, um, you should have hours that you are not accessible to your students. Uh, if that's a certain day of the week, um, if that's uh, no calls after nine unless they're an emergency, uh, if that's you know, hey, I don't check my email after I get home from work, uh, or hey, I'm not on when I'm on Facebook, it doesn't mean that I have to immediately respond to every message you send. Um, I always get 24 hours before I respond to your Snapchats. Whatever it is, I think there's really important um, things that we have to set up. And maybe they're not broadcast. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. But I think in your own framework, on your own kind of like journal pad of the things that you're kind of modeling for your life, you need to know when you're allowed to engage and disengage. And so uh, we would call that office hours if we were in a more strict office kind of sense. But I think we need to have ministry hours. And we can just not be people that are 24-7 people. And so however you need to set up for your life, if, if that is you know, a day of the week, hours of the day between these and these hours, whatever it is, know that you know and with trusted help, again, from significant other, spouses, immediate family, can begin to set up some of these things you can be structured in a way, prioritized in a way, and have the right boundaries in a way so that if things be get, get to um, head towards a kind of imbalance in your life, they're going to get caught a lot quicker, right? Like, you know, if there, if there is a clear, hey, I don't take phone calls after 9 p.m. unless they're emergency phone calls, hey, if you're up late responding to a lot of messages at 9.45, 10.15, that's an easy and quick way to say, hey, what am I doing here? Have I given too much time to the ministry for stuff? Or if your thing is, I prep my lesson, uh, and when I get home from Thursday afternoon or Friday afternoon, uh, I just I let it be, and you know I'm going to preach whatever I got, teach whatever I got on Sunday morning after what I've worked on. Then that's okay. Don't don't try to make every Saturday an extra marathon session to cram three more hours into your talk. Trust us, a life well lived mature, seeking, growing is going to overflow into better talks than the extra two and a half hours of research you were trying to squeeze in Saturday night because you felt like you didn't do enough on Friday. Work hard, but know also when to turn the work button off. And I think it's just so important for us to set those things up in the ways in which we're trying to structure healthy relationships. I mean, plan, plan, plan. We we say it on here all the time. If you're constantly shooting from the hip, then you're always going to feel this imbalance. But if you know what you're talking about months in advance and all those kind of things and you're setting it up and you're not trying to shove everything into the last moment, you're going to feel a lot more on top of things. Um, I think so many of us can procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate. And the bad thing when we do that is our ministry and our deadlines get done, but our spouses and our families take the brunt end of it. Yeah. They're the ones that get put on the back burner when we do that. And so um, it it all comes with a cost. And so if if we're going to play that game and we're going to wait and we're going to 
do it all at the last minute, then somebody pays for it. And oftentimes it's our spouse. And um, that's sad, but it's true. And I think that we gonna, if we're all going to be honest, we've been there. I, I know I have been there before, right, where you're asking your spouse to come be a leader at this lock-in because you don't have enough, right? And because you didn't make the phone call, you you, you didn't <laughs> order, you didn't order extra up front, right? Like right, you just enough. And then when you were shocked and amazed that two of them couldn't make it, <laughs> right? Know know that twenty percent of your leaders are going to call you the day of with an excuse. Over plan, over plan. <laughs> when you're guilting your spouse into coming and being a leader at something, it's never going to go well for you, right? Ever. Right. Not a great car ride. Like, all right, I guess I'll go be there by myself. Well, Chad, no, that's good. And I think for these three areas and probably other ones as well, hopefully these have been um, some big stones um, to kind of lay out as you begin to kind of mark off um, the the parameters and the perimeter of your call to do the work. Um, again, our encouragement to you, dear listeners, youth ministry friends, is that today, wherever you're listening to this, if you're in your car driving into the office on on a Thursday or a Friday, um, or if you're in you know the commute between lunch and home, or if you are headphones on late night working on a talk because Chad's voice just soothes you, um, know that there is another chance to set up and build better structure in your ministry. You are not caught in the imbalance. There is a chance always today to pump the brakes and begin to examine what really matters and begin to structure and put in the right kind of places the boundaries and priorities that will help you do ministry well for the long term. Hmm. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for listening to After 9. Please go check out Youth Ministry Booster, and we will see you later. Thanks for listening to After 9. Join the community and continue the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or visit after9ministry.com to share your story. I'm sorry. I'm just imagining like people waiting for student ministry resources. And then October 10th rolls around, and it's just a whole line of barbecue sauce. <laughs> Challenge. Oh my God. That's the greatest joke ever. See, now we have to do it. No. I've we- got a guy that makes them. I got a guy that makes them. Okay, I'm so sorry. We went off rail there.